0: When I was in high school and I went to prom, our prom was not on campus. It was like in the middle of downtown Dallas and they did not give you directions. It was before we had smartphones. And so with the ticket that you bought for prom, they gave you MapQuest directions printed out. But then after prom, I figured, well, I can just reverse those directions and then that will take me home. That is not what happened.
1: Happy St. Patrick's Day and welcome back to Drive With Us Podcast, a podcast where we explore driving cultures around the world by bringing on a new guest each episode to talk about the crazy things they've experienced on the road, who they are as drivers, and how they became the driver they are today. I'm Bafni, And I'm Teranjeet. But before we get into who today's guest is, which you could probably already tell by the title, we have a few quick reminders or car keeping. We're still going with that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we do have a giveaway going on for our two year anniversary. We're giving away two Alexa Echo Dots and one d merch bundle. The last day to enter is March 26th. You can check out the details in the link in the show notes below. And we also have a Discord channel. So come hang with us on our discord and chat with other listeners and us about driving more driving (laughs) more driving lots of driving stuff or if you just want to support the show and are not interested in any of those things which i don't know why you wouldn't be interested in the giveaway but maybe you're not you could help support the show by buying us a coffee that link is also in the show notes below and as always uh, we are super thankful for all the listeners that we have without you guys we wouldn't be able to continue doing what we love let's get into today's driver's Today's driver is, well actually today's drivers are Brie and Chris. Brie is a Colorado girl living in New York City and is a writer and director of a web series and short films. She co-hosts Burn Notice podcast with her friend Chris. Brie and Chris have done it all when it comes to experiencing the crazy on the road. Brie has been involved in a hit and run and boy did she try to run but didn't work in her favor and Chris has ran a girl off the road while out to get a donut. The two are pretty good at getting lost too. Let's meet today's drivers, Bree and Chris. Welcome, Chris and Brie, to Drive With Us podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I'm super excited to hear your crazy stories. And one of the first things we love starting off the show with is asking what is one of the most craziest or most memorable things that you have experienced while on the road?
0: When I was in high school and I went to prom, our prom was not on campus. It was like in the middle of downtown Dallas. I lived in Dallas and we lived in the suburbs and they did not give you directions. It was before we had smartphones and everyone had GPS's on their phones. And so with the ticket that you bought for prom, they gave you MapQuest directions printed out.
2: Classic.
0: Yeah. And prom itself was nice. But then after prom, again, we've been given MapQuest directions. And I figured, well, I can just reverse those directions, and then that will take me home. That is not what happened. So it is 11 o'clock at least, if not midnight, in the middle of downtown Dallas. I'm trying to get on the freeway. That does not happen. And suddenly, I am going down one, one way street. I run like three red lights. I have no idea where I'm going. And driving is the worst when you're lost because when you're on feet and you're lost, you can just stop and look around and get your bearings. But you can't just stop in the middle of the road and be like, huh, especially not in the middle of downtown Dallas. So yes, I ran three red lights. The girl who we invited is sobbing. She's like, oh my God, oh my God, what are we gonna do? I have no idea where I'm going. And here's the thing. I don't mind being lost myself because if I'm lost myself, the worst case scenario is I die in a ditch alone. But I was responsible for these girls. I could not let these girls die in a ditch. And I eventually did find a highway that I recognized and was able to get home. But that was like a solid hour of just But I got home. And then for graduation, my parents got me a Garmin GPS.
2: (laughs) When my mom got her Garmin GPS when I was a kid, we named the voice Hugh because we gave it the male Australian accent voice and we would refer to him lovingly as Hugh. And we would like take him on vacations and put him in rental cars with us. We would like he would be part of our vacationing party.
1: He's part of your family. <laughs>
2: yeah, old Hugh. And then we would get upset with him. We would get upset with him at, at like as a human being like, Hugh, I can't believe you've done this to us. You have betrayed us, Hugh. <laughs>
1: I feel like that's something a lot of people did when GPSs first came out, like the Garmin, they would give it a name.
2: Well, you had so many voice options, like they were all distinct people and to not refer to them as such would feel dehumanizing. In college, my one of my roommates had a GPS. I don't know if it was Garmin, but I'm sure it was because what other GPS was there?
0: There was also TomTom.
2: I I don't believe in TomToms, but in in college we named his GPS. Uh, it was the female voice, and we named her. I think maybe Linda. I don't know. We picked like a really basic middle aged white woman name so that when we got upset, it would sound like we were in some kind of '50s family show that was low key extremely sexist. But it was meta, you know, we were like in on the joke. So it was fine to just scream obscenities (laughs) at Linda or Martha or whoever it was. Well, that was a good story, Chris. You reminded me of my story. So backstory is that when I was 16 years old, I was in a very emotionally intense long distance relationship with a boy I met on Facebook. And he lived about five hours up I-70 for me. So I grew up in Colorado in a place called Grand Junction. Uh, he grew up in Evergreen, Colorado, which is near Denver. And we were only one highway away from each other. I could have taken a single road to get to him had I been able to do that on my own at 16. But he was about five hours away and he was the drum major of his high school marching band. And they were... Ha- having some kind of marching band competition in my hometown. So for the first time ever, we were actually going to literally be in the same town. So his whole school had come down. And so I conspired with my best friend to stay the night at her house, quote unquote, but I wouldn't get there until much later because right after school, I was going to go meet him. And then there was like this amusement, like a mini amusement park. It wasn't like big rides, but they had like a... Uh, bumper cars and they had laser tag and they had mini golf it was like one of those like a family fun arena place and so his whole marching band was going to go there after their competition because they needed something to do with these 50 kids that they had brought down here for the day before they took them back to the hotel so they were there going to be there and that's where I was going to meet him the problem is that I had only ever been to this place once and it's on a back roads in my hometown that is it only has like three entrances to it So for the most part, like you can see it from most places in town but the actual entrance to the street that this fun park was on was few and far between. And so I was driving to try and go meet him there, but I kept getting lost and I could see the fun park and the giant bus that his whole school was on multiple times in my drive, but I couldn't figure it out. And I was texting while driving, which is not safe with my flip phone. So I was texting a friend and he was trying to give me directions and it wasn't working. So eventually I had to call my ex-boyfriend to try and give me directions to go meet the new boy that I was obsessed with. And I was hysterical because I was so stressed out and I was like, it was the only time I'd ever lied to my parents about my whereabouts. It was the most rebellious thing I had ever done to go meet this stupid boy at this fun part i'm on the phone like um so i'm at uh i'm at 24 road and he's like okay you've gone too far you find a way to turn around and g- come back and i was like i ah, i don't know how to turn around he's like you need to relax <laughs> and so it was just it was very a lot but then i eventually found it and and everything was fine
1: yeah i feel like especially in your situation where you were one already hiding something and on top of that getting lost would just make it way more stressful mm-hmm. and I'm personally not good with directions, so like, even if someone were to give me directions- <laughs> I'm not either. Even if someone gave me directions on the phone, I feel like I still would end up more lost than I originally was.
2: <laughs> well, I was for a while, and then eventually I, like, because the problem was is that I would describe where I was, and it was the wrong place. So first he would have to give me directions to get out of wherever I was, <laughs> and then come back around. <laughs> <laughs> and then, once I was on the right track, it became a lot easier. but like it took a while for him to just figure out like where the heck I was <laughs> and how to put me back on the right path and the the worst the the worst part is that I could literally see the fun part like I could see it with my own two eyes. I just could not physically get to it because there are only like two entrances to this particular road because it was parallel with the um with the train tracks, and so obviously, you don't want like a lot of intersections
1: at one point what we- I feel like I would be like, how would I just park the car and walk over the train tracks and get
2: there? (laughs) Just just leave it on the side of the road, just fully abandon it.
1: (laughs) Yep. I was close to that. So I know, Bree, you've mentioned that you had another instance where um, you were going to park and then you scraped a car. Mm -hmm.
2: It's true. The first time I ever drove by myself, uh, I got my license And it was going to be my first trip out alone. And it was going to be really easy because it was a trip I'd taken many times. I was going to Borders Books. That ages me as well in the most upsetting of ways. Uh, And I was going to go and I was going to write. So I got my laptop and I was like so excited to just like go be an adult, you know, get some coffee uh, and sit in the bookstore and just like feel really good. And uh, as I Pulled into park, an important note, I learned to drive in a 1999 Ford Ranger. So like a pretty big truck, all things considered. Um, So it was a very big car and I was a very small person and uh, I was not very good and still am not honestly uh, good at uh, like figuring out my own girth in a vehicle. Um, My my angles are always off. And so as I was pulling into a parking space, I hit a car that like the car next to me that I was turning into panicked, I was gonna just drive away because I was so freaked out. But a family was walking to their car at the same time. And so as I kind of started to drive away, the dad like ran after me, like waving his arms. So I like pretended, oh, I was just driving to a less populated part of the parking lot so that I could park and collect myself, uh, which is what I eventually told him. And he was like, I sure I believe you. And so I left a note on the car and then I drove immediately home, just like so humiliated, like I'm never going to drive again. Uh, And my parents were like, well, it sounds like you did the right thing. So you're fine. And I was like, no, I'm the worst person in the world. And then like six hours later, I finally get a call from these people. It was an absurd amount of time in between. I was like, they must be doing this to torture me. And the people called and they were like, so thank you for leaving a note. Uh, We can't even tell where you hit us because like, frankly, our car is already kind of messed up. You know, we've we've had a lot of scrapes. So uh, we appreciate the note. But like genuinely, if you hadn't left the note and like. Indicated where you would hit us, we would have never seen it so you're all good and I think on the note I was like, I will pay for everything I'm so sorry <laughs> like it's fine
1: well it seems like you lucked out in that situation I did I am a very very lucky person <laughs> yeah because I I don't think many people would do that it's like if you had pointed out they'd be like oh okay, yeah pay for it
2: yeah no I, they, I, I was lucky that they were nice. I was lucky that the car that I hit was like already kind of roughed up. Uh, I think it was like a Jeep or something. So like it was definitely a car that they took in the back roads. And I'm also lucky probably that I grew up in a rural area. So most people did not have nice cars. <laughs> like my car wasn't nice. My car was u- a used Ford Ranger that could barely go 50 miles at a time. So, you know, I think that a lot of factors worked in my favor
1: there. Since you guys sort of both have grown up in like different areas, there are typically like stereotypes that are associated with drivers of certain areas. So are there any like stereotypes of drivers in your area?
0: I mean, I I tend to think everyone assumes that the drivers where they live drive the craziest in general.
2: But only Texas is right. But only
0: Texas because is right. Te-
2: <laughs> texas is a wild place to drive (laughs) i have driven there exactly once i my family is uh some of my family lives down there and like specifically dallas i will say my family is in austin and austin drivers aren't great but when we drove to dallas one time uh, because i wanted to go to a concert there while i was visiting oh my goodness i have never felt more unsafe except for possibly when i when i went to paris and the paris drivers oh my goodness i kept taking pictures of people parking their people's parking jobs because like literally millimeters separate the cars parallel parked on French streets but it's rivaled only by Texas which you would think shouldn't be because like you know Paris is tiny and it's it was built without cars so like there's no space on the streets but Texas you know everything's bigger in Texas right like you have so many lanes why are you so rude and rash and like out to get me (laughs) I don't understand
0: no it's terrible Yeah, I think I don't even realize the full extent of it because I grew up in it. I was cooked in the crucible that is Texas driving. (laughs) Kind of speaking of Austin, I also do have a accident story that makes me look like a bad driver. I was in Austin. I hadn't been in Austin terribly long. I actually know exactly when this happened uh, to the date. Um, It would have been, I guess, November 2nd or November 6th. 2008. Specifically, it was the day of the presidential election.
2: <laughs> Presumably the 6th. Then. The
0: 6th, yes, that's right. I sometimes forget what day we uh, vote for president.
2: Yeah, It's like the 8th or the ninth, usually, or recently. So the 6th was closer yeah, of the two options you gave. That day.
0: The president day. You know, president day. But not <laughs> president's day. That's a different day. And I had to like go find my polling place, which I did. I voted in my very first presidential election ever. And I felt really good about myself. And it was really early in the morning, because I had to go to class later. And so I was like driving back. And I thought, you know what? I voted. I did a good job today. I was a citizen. I deserve a donut. And so I turned on my trusty Garmin GPS. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, Garmin, Show me a donut. And it did. And it gave me directions to this donut place. And I am not the best at directions. And sometimes when you're driving on one, of the, on one of these streets with like a GPS, suddenly it comes up so fast and you're like, oh, no, I've got to turn. And I was in the left lane and I realized, oh, no, I'm about to miss this donut shop. I need to get into the right lane. And then it turned out there was a girl on my blind spot. Oh, no. I know and so she had to kind of turn and move and so she pushed her car up onto the um onto the not the median onto the curb and like messed up her wheel well of course, like I realized what happened immediately I immediately parked and I was freaking out so much because oh my God, what did I do and she was fine everything was fine. she was sobbing. this is another story about oh, um, no. me causing a woman sobbing. With my terrible driving. (laughs) But like, because it was her dad's car. But it was thankful for me because that meant I couldn't panic. So I suddenly had to comfort. And so suddenly I became the one like, no, don't worry. It's fine. I have insurance. I'm calling the police. Everything's fine. They came. They looked at it. It was good. And she was fine. And everything got started out. And eventually I did get a donut, but it did not taste as sweet as it could have.
2: (laughs) You know, I was going to ask, did you actually end up letting yourself have the donut? Because I feel like your civic duty kind of got negated there.
0: No, because then it was a a sorrow donut. It was a a calm down donut. (laughs) Because like, my day turned out not to be as great as it could be.
1: So for you, Bree, what would you say is the differences in drivers you've noticed? I know you said you've lived in Colorado and then you're in New York now. So what are some major differences you've noticed between the drivers?
2: Well, so I haven't really driven a lot in New York. The only times I've driven in New York have been when we would move. And for whatever reason, I was always the U-Haul driver uh, of our our little crew. And the one time I drove a 15-passenger van for a production that we were a part of. But I will say of pedestrians, pedestrians are certainly bolder in New York, which probably isn't a surprise. It's a very pedestrian city. And I'm not a honker, but I am a roll down the window and shout at people-er. Chris, were you in the car when I yelled at that guy when we were moving? I think the last time that you and I lived together, when we were moving out from the apartment that we lived together in, were you in the car?
0: I believe I was in the back in the actual, like, moving van U-Haul part.
2: Yeah, because U-Hauls only have two seats, which seems short-sighted, because especially in New York, like, there are lots of people in an apartment. Um, but I, I, uh, there was, I was driving down a street in Brooklyn and it's already scary enough because Brooklyn, because it's not like there's tons of cars, but like, it's not a car place. The like street markings are faded or gone completely. So you can never tell a, if you're on a two way road or a one way road, almost impossible to tell Two, how many lanes there are on that row. And three, if there is actually like a parking lane on the shoulder, Or if people have just parked there and it's become one, but it used to be a lane. So it's like, you have no idea what's happening. And you're just sort of, everyone's just trying to just doing their best. And as a result, people, pedestrians sort of take this to heart and will just like wander into the middle of the street, even though there is a crosswalk, like two feet further down while the light is green. And so there was this guy who was like, just wandering around in the middle of the street and like saw me coming and just continued on his merry way and so I rolled down the window and I shouted at him um and everyone in the car (laughs) was like very freaked out and I was like no he needs to know how dangerous this is and I'm mad about it (laughs) wow
1: (laughs) I could just picture this happening
2: Colorado doesn't as far as I know really have a stereotype um even growing up uh I never thought that Colorado had the worst drivers um I think just like humanity is bad at driving (laughs) I think that's something that is unique to us as a species.
0: Orangutans, great drivers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. The the red-butted baboons, excellent drivers. Terrible p- terrible parkers, but really good drivers. But we are I I will say I think the reason that I never thought that Coloradans were particularly bad drivers is because I grew up in the mountains where there is a lot of like snow and ice uh during the winter and so we we're all very used to that. So anytime there was like an inclement weather thing, I never felt particularly unsafe. But when I would be anywhere else during the wintertime or during like a rainstorm, any other place in America that I traveled to seemed like everyone just had a like meltdown and were going way too fast all the time and like we're super unsafe. And I was like, oh, this would never happen in Colorado. So maybe I think that Coloradans are safer drivers just because we have to like deal with much worse conditions on a more regular basis and we've all collectively decided like we want to be alive tomorrow so we're going to all be cool about this. Um, but I have never been anywhere else in the world where that has been true.
1: Yeah, I feel like that is the case with I know here in Maryland once the second it even just starts raining like it can be just be a couple of drops, people just forget how to drive. And I'm like, it's not that bad. Like, mm-hmm. what are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, no, it's wild.
0: Oh gosh, if it snows in Dallas, Like, forget it. (laughs) Uh, I have driven through. I remember the heaviest time it ever snowed in Dallas while I lived there. Uh, Our power went out and we had to go drive to a friend's house to spend the night because, like, we would have frozen. And I had to drive. And my mom, like, literally, she's like, I cannot drive this. Like, I cannot drive in snow at all. And so I was like, I guess I'm doing it. How old were you? I mean, I was like, um, I might have been in grad school already. Or no, I may have been between, actually. Actually, no, I know exactly when this happened. I was living at home for a while. Once again, I have a specific date. And it was the first time the season three Halloween episode of Community aired. So if you want to go look up when that aired, (laughs) because it got interrupted by the power going out. So I had to drive across Plano, Texas, because our friends lived in East Plano and we lived in West Plano. And the thing about Texas also is that it's full of these Ford F-150s. They love them in Texas and no one cares about snow They're So like, I'm just trying to go along, not like skid or anything. And these guys are just like plowing past me at like 45 miles an hour on like snow without snow tires, just going. It's like, okay, because they're confident that they're not going to die because they're in the big truck.
1: So based on the experiences that you've had so far while driving, if given the option, would you rather be a driver or the passenger? Driver. Passenger.
2: That says a lot about our friendship. It really does. Let's be real. <laughs> no, I love driving. I hate being in cars that I'm not driving. If I'm in the passenger seat, like the front passenger seat, it's slightly better because like, I get to have a little bit more control, but... I would rather be driving most of the time, unless it's in a city. I'm still not good at city driving because most of the, of my time driving was spent in smaller towns. Like when I went to college in a very small town in Oregon, I grew up in a very small town in Colorado. And also those are real big wide cities with not a lot of like highways with multiple lanes. Uh, so I don't love multiple lanes and highways, but like I would rather be driving than not.
0: No, yeah, I don't trust myself that much. Also, now I can just look at my phone. Or when I was a kid, I could read a book because I do not get car sick.
2: Oh, you, I was just going to say, yeah, you can read a book. Say I can't even look at a cell phone for more than like 30 seconds in a car without getting motion sickness. But I don't ever get motion sickness if I'm driving. If I'm in the driver's seat, I am good. And it's- I. Well,
0: hopefully you're not looking at your phone or reading a book.
2: Uh, oh, I, I usually am doing both. Let's be real. Uh, no, but I think that I psychologically respond better to being in control. And the psychosomatic kind of body feel of being in control is markedly different.
0: I also do not like driving other people. I'm okay driving myself. Then I sometimes kind of like it, especially I do like highway driving. And by myself, like I used to drive between Austin and Dallas all the time on 35. And I always liked that drive. 35 is a garbage highway, but I like that drive. <laughs> and I enjoyed that because there's a nice sort of solitude to it. Yeah. You know, you can play music, you can sing along. Uh, I miss that a little bit.
2: Yeah. I like driving friends. I don't mind having friends in the car or like my partner if there's, if he's in the car. But I don't like driving with my mom in the car because we are the same person and uh, – we are very critical people, so whenever I'm driving her, immediately it feels like I'm having a driver's test. And so like every turn feels like it's a little bit too fast, even though I'm not doing anything different. But when my mom's in the car, I feel very unsafe. And she lets me know when she she'll she'll do things like a little fast there, you know, like she'll do things like that. She can't help it. I've tried to get her to stop. She's like, it's just an impulse. I'm sorry. And that uh, like, well, we never argue more than when I am driving and she is in the car somewhere. It's always funny when we're home for Christmas and me and my brother would like trade off driving depending on who is in the mood. And I anytime like I'm driving and my mom does that, my brother has finally started being like, mom, it was fine. <laughs> And then my mom will like heighten it and be like, oh, I feel very unsafe, like as a joke and my and then they'll get into like a fake argument. And that helps a little bit because at least they're occupied so that I can take a turn without panicking. But yeah, when I'm with friends, it doesn't matter at all. But it's specifically my mom in the car. I can't can't do it.
1: Do you tend to drive differently if someone's in the car with you just in general? So I guess with your mom, you do. I don't
2: think I am driving differently. I just all of a sudden everything is heightened and feels like I'm doing badly. Even though I've been driving for a very long time and I love driving and I am a very good driver, I'm very cautious. But as soon as she's in the car, I'm like micromanaged. And so like every tiny thing that would be easy to write off if it's just me gets hyper focused on.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel. I don't I think I probably drive the same, but I'm so much more self conscious. Although I think perhaps having people in the car and being self conscious does probably make me drive worse. You actually sat in a car while I was driving for the first time, I think, a while back while you visited LA, Mm -hmm. and you did not care for it.
1: I did not. No, I did not care for it. When you think of other drivers on the road, what would you say is your biggest pet peeve when it comes to driving?
0: Signal, obviously, the amount of people that sometimes don't signal, or if someone signals, but then they leave their signal on for a long time. Sometimes people will leave their signal on, and then I will give them space to change lanes.
2: Mm-hmm. And then they won't do it. And they yeah. won't. It's like, what are we doing here, guy?
0: Exactly. And it gets so incredibly frustrating.
2: Yeah, my I think mine, my biggest pet peeve, and keep in mind that I'm irritated by most things, so, you know, it, it, it matters that this one goes first. Uh, my pet peeve is when people like tailgate me or are, like really aggressive about passing me. If I'm going above the speed limit, and this is probably consistent most places, but like when you're on a highway, especially for long stretches and in Colorado and Utah, which is right next to where I grew up, I was 20 miles off the Utah border. The, the highways are like really long stretches of nothing for a while. And that means that if the speed limit is 75 miles an hour, you're going 82. If you're going under 82, you're going too slow. And so I will, you know, set my my cruise control at 81 miles per hour on a 75 mile per hour road and I'll feel real good and like I'm, you know, moving ahead with my life and then somebody will come up to me and get really, really close to me and if we're on like a one lane stretch, which the... Grand Junction to Salt Lake City stretch is mostly a two lane highway, just one way, one direction, one way, the other with the occasional passing lane for three miles uh, every about 10 miles or so. And so if you're on one of the, the stretches where it's just the two lanes. I'll be going 5 miles over the speed limit or more and these people will be up at the very back of my car clearly upset with me and I'm like I'm already going faster than allegedly I should be going legally why are you so, why are you like this I'm already doing a good thing and I feel very defensive about it because I'm like I'm I'm doing the social contract thing I'm going fast enough that it's fine we should have all collectively agreed on this, but you're acting like I am, you know, going 40 miles an hour.
1: So is 80 miles per hour not considered reckless driving? I know here in Maryland, if you go 80 or above, you could get to, like, the points for reckless driving.
2: There's a stretch of the you, the Salt Lake City to Grand Junction, Colorado road where the speed limit is 80. So in that case, you go 85. Well, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, we we have because we have such wide open spaces, and like on the that Salt Lake stretch in particular, there's like barely any towns. It's just road. Otherwise, no one would get anywhere. So yeah, like the actual speed limit is 80 in some places or 75 others. I was actually surprised when I moved to Oregon. That most of the, I think maybe all of the highways there, the highest speed limit was 65. And I was like, gosh, this is so
1: slow. <laughs> How can you people
2: drive like this?
1: That's really interesting. Yeah, I think the highest I've seen here is 70.
2: Yeah, but like the the, the Northeast is like, you know, everything is so much more cramped. Mm-hmm. But in the West, like things are so spread out, you know, it's it's safer to go that way. Otherwise, we'd have 200 miles of roads with two cities completely backed up yeah there's there would be no way we'd never get around we'd never get anywhere
1: so would you say or have you ever experienced road rage or had someone who was having road rage like towards you
2: well i described an element of road rage earlier where i rolled down a window and yelled at a man uh looked him dead in the eyes I don't fear anything. I'm no coward. Uh, no, I get road rage approximately every time I drive. <laughs> I'm, I'm al- I am I'm also have the personality of someone with road rage when I'm a, a pedestrian. So I just I think I just have a lot of rage. And I am indiscriminate about where I am when I am feeling that rage. Yeah. No, I, I'm always angry. Um, I Because I, I have the kind of personality type where it's like, I'm right 100% of the time. And anytime someone else steps to it, I get infuriated because I'm like, no, I'm right. You're the wrong one. And then I get very upset. I don't scream in cars. Well, I mean, I did when I was a teenager because I was a teenager. And, you know, I'd go for a drive and I just sort of scream. Did you guys ever do that? Just like scream and cry in your car as you just drove around your town because you were too afraid to go too far away. Otherwise, you'd get in trouble. But you did need to go and (laughs) scream somewhere. Anyways, um, (laughs) but I I have uh, like improvisational debates with people loud debates in my car. Um, And sometimes people will be in the car with me and, you know, then it'll become kind of like a routine I'm doing to entertain them. But if it's just me, I will continue doing it. I will have, like, full conversations with the people around me that I'm upset with uh, as I'm driving. And um, I will, like, imagine their, you know, counterpoints, which are, of course, always bad because I am right 100% of the time. They are wrong and foolish and they should know that. Uh, And so I'll just do, like, full conversations where, oh, oh, I'm sorry, are you, are you, rushing you want to rush man i am so so i can't believe that i no you know what i'm i'm wrong you're no you know what actually no i'm not wrong and here's you know and i'll it'll be a whole it'll be a whole production
0: i think a lot about when i'm driving how the thing about driving is that you're all driving weapons all of you are driving these giant metal machines at sometimes ludicrous speeds together there's no point in like your life, wherein it is more important that you recognize the humanity of other people so that you can follow rules and share the space effectively. And it's also the moment when you are the most dehumanized because everyone is separate in these little metal cages and you don't see faces or like you barely see faces. And so it just really, people stop being people and they just start being other cars.
1: So how would you, So your first, uh, I guess, driving test experience, were you able to get your license on the first go? Oh, yeah, totally.
2: I didn't have to parallel park for mine, though.
0: I didn't either. Yeah. (laughs) I was about to say, we didn't have to. Like, I trained for it, and there was definitely, like, a part of the course that was for it. But partially because I grew up in a small town, there wasn't a lot of parallel parking. There wasn't a lot of... Same. Yeah. And so... I worked so hard at perfecting parallel parking. And then I got there and the teacher was like, yeah, no, we don't even need to do it.
2: (laughs) I actually, I never even learned. Nobody, I think my dad tried to teach me once. And I just like, like I said earlier, like my spatial awareness in a large car is bad in the best of times. So we very quickly were like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work. And similarly, yeah, because we, I lived in a small town where there really weren't a lot of parallel parking opportunities anyways. Just never bothered to learn, was never tested on it. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was pretty good. I know I still have my first driver's license somewhere, but it's not with me here.
0: I tend to collect them. Yeah. I mean, I'll have all of them, but I have my last couple. Partially because I don't want to get rid of them because it has personal information. So I have to cut it up. And that's like an activity and I don't want to do activities. <laughs> but it also, like, it's kind of nice to have all of these pictures. Although I hate all my pictures.
1: Yeah. Wait. They don't take your old license from you. I know when I had to get mine changed, they took the old one and shredded it and gave me the new one. Like, we can't keep our old license. Oh,
2: weird. For me, they just did like a, like a, a uh oh, what is it called? They, they like punctured it like a hole puncher, but like it was a lot of little hole punches. So there's like a very obvious series of holes in it so that you know that it's it's no good anymore. But they let me keep it.
1: Oh, so I guess that kind of makes sense. Like with the passport, they kind of hold punch your old one and mm-hmm. you can't use it. So similar. And I'm also shocked that you guys didn't have to do parallel parking. We live yeah. in a small town, too, but we had to parallel park on our test. It's
2: for you guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, I was ready, but I also wasn't going to stop.
2: I was not ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready. And thankfully, it never came up.
1: Well, do you think that it is important to know how to parallel park and that it should be on the test?
0: I mean, yes. I wish that I had gotten tested on it. Not just because I was good at it. I'm not good at it anymore. But yeah, I guess they just weren't counting on either of us moving anywhere else. The most parallel parking I did was also Austin. Because when I lived in the suburbs of Dallas, there wasn't a lot of parallel parking either. It wasn't really until I moved to Austin that I was suddenly parallel parking all the time.
2: I feel like parallel parking should be illegal. So no, I don't think we should be tested on it because <laughs> I don't think you should be allowed to do that. Because it just, especially since most times that you're parallel parking, you're doing so like in the middle of an active street. So like, even if you're good at parallel parking, you're in the way for a while. And it's kind of dangerous. So I just think we need more parking
1: lots. That's a pretty good point. <laughs> We have a final bonus question for both of you. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be?
2: Parallel parking is illegal.
1: (laughs) I kind of figured that you would say that.
2: (laughs) I'm going to stick with that. (laughs) Well, again, I mean... Like, that that's an additional law. Like, I think the first step is just making parallel parking illegal. And then if people are like, well, how are we going to park on the side of the street? Then, you know, if you want to have a collaborative law with mine, you can say that we're going to replace all previous parallel parking spaces with this kind of back-end parking. But I think that the first step, the most effective move for the goodness of humanity is to make parallel parking illegal.
0: And bike lanes everywhere.
2: Yeah, that's probably a good one. There need
0: to be more bike lanes.
2: This isn't so much a law, but I think that I should be allowed to have like a a loudspeaker to yell at people around me so that my (laughs) my little diatribes are more public. I feel like people need to hear them. It's going to be hard, you know, and they might not always like it, but I deserve to be heard. So um, I don't know if that's exactly a law, but...
0: I think we should have a law that everyone can have a loudspeaker except for Bree.
2: <laughs> Anytime I buy a car, they have to like remove the loudspeaker or disable it. It's like one of those, like those breathalyzers that's attached to your car, but instead of blowing into it to prove that you're sober, you blow into it. And it's like, oh, that's Bree. Nope, you're not allowed to use this.
0: <laughs> I actually do think, and other people have said things like this, that it would be more useful if there were different things other than just honking.
1: Yeah, I would help with, like, communication in a way, like, if you want to tell the person, like, back up from my car or, like, give them some warning, just honking is, like, what are you honking at me for? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, or uh, or a honk that, yeah, a honk that's, like, hey, something's about to happen, like, or hey, look out, instead of, like, I'm mad
1: at you.
0: Yeah, exactly, like a friendly honk.
1: Well, interesting laws. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys have any final thoughts or any tips that you would like to give other
0: drivers? Stay away from Bree.
1: (laughs) I'm an
2: excellent driver. I will just shout at you if you do something wrong.
0: (laughs) No, just drive empathetically. I think one thing that helped me a lot with the road rage was thinking about times when I have been in a car and not in a hurry and realizing that that's what everyone's doing all the time. Just it's any more... Broadway, it's just a reformulation of, like, be kind because everyone is going through something. Everyone who's driving is a person, and they're going through something, and they might be in a hurry, or, like, they might be nervous about a job interview or something, and they don't know what you're doing, so it's, like, unreasonable to, like, expect them to behave in a way that benefits you particularly, because they're doing their own stuff. So do your stuff and be kind, because we're driving weapons.
1: Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, you had some really—it was interesting to see what kind of drivers you are and hear your crazy stories. So, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us.
1: I can completely relate to getting lost because I've gotten lost numerous times, and I <laughs> am horrible with <laughs> directions. Yes. if I didn't have a you to like guide me, I would be lost every time. I think I noticed how bad you are at directions that because when I'm driving and I ask you to give me directions, you are not very good at giving me directions. <laughs> like, can I just have the phone? I'll look at it myself. <laughs> I can't take through. Like, I can't be the one driving and giving directions because I suck at that. And then I'm also bad at just giving them too. So just directions in general fail what would you do if you were like chris before gps on your phone and you had to use like an atlas or like map quest directions well funny thing is i have a story of kind of related to that i don't know if i shared this before on the podcast but one of my most scary and memorable moments of getting lost was in freshman year of high school and i had just left campus high school oh (laughs) well you're driving freshman (laughs) year of high school freshman year of university Oh, That's we're going that way now. University. Yeah. Well, I went to a university. Yeah, I know. I know. I, university. know. <laughs> I paid for it. Yeah. I paid for the right to say university. <laughs> lots and lots of money. Yes. But I had just left campus and it was Monday because our dad was home because he helped me get back home. Foreshadow. But so I was taking the route that I usually take home is more of like a back road route through town as opposed to going on the highway i've never actually taken the highway route home i was just told like oh this is your alternative option so i don't know if it's with you the same way but like i have to actually go that direction or for it to stick in my mind to be like how to do it not just you telling me like oh yeah this is another option you can take it and it'll get you home The thing is also, if our dad gave you the directions, they were not directions. (laughs) So that could also have been like, if someone were to, if I were to tell you the directions, but then again, I give you more detail. But like, if someone were to tell you directions, I feel like you would at least have some sort of inkling of an idea. If our dad gave you directions, you're like, yeah, you know, you could have gone on that. It's like, okay, but where? Just get on it. Okay. So I turned onto this road that I usually take home. Immediately after I turned on it, it was blocked because there was some kind of accident or something. Like They had the whole thing blocked. Everyone was making U-turns. So I'm like, great. Like, I have to make a U-turn. And I had never taken the highway route, but I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my second way home. (laughs) Like, if I can't go this way, take the highway. At this time, I had a, I think it was called a blueberry. Is that what it was called? Like the little black (laughs) phone? No, blackberry. It was a blackberry, not blueberry. (laughs) Blueberry's for podcasting. (laughs) The Blackberry helps you with the is a phone. Blueberries is yeah. a podcasting. OK, strawberries Fruit. are for radio. <laughs> OK, but Blueberry, it's Blackberry is a phone. So I had a Blackberry and it, all I had on this was text and phone like nothing else. So there's no way for me to like GPS directions. So I feel like I was kind of in that situation of before smartphone gps oh okay so now we know what you actually would do but at the same time i didn't have an atlas either so it was like (laughs) i was completely on my own true true. so i had to like remember what our dad told us in in terms of directions i get to the exit and there's you can either go left or right and left goes further into baltimore (laughs) and right goes back towards our house i was just like Staring. I slowed down on this exit. There's no cars behind me for a little while, so I stopped. I was just like, (laughs) left, right, left, right, and then I'm like, (laughs) left? And I went left. Now, if you were thinking rationally and not freaked out, I'm pretty sure you would have been like, do I, it says south towards Baltimore, north? Like, why would you be like, yes, I want to go south? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, it didn't go through my mind. So I was just like, oh, I'll just go left. I started driving down the left way and I'm like, oh, and I'm going and I'm going. I'm like, okay, something's not right. Like, this exit's not, like, it's not familiar to me. This is not the road I drive on. And the numbers were going the ups, like, counting. They were counting up, right, that direction? You wouldn't have seen any numbers. For the exits? Yeah, there's no exits that way until you get, you just hit the end of the highway and into the next one. I don't know. I was going <laughs> that way. And, no, there were exits because I pulled off to the shoulder after driving a little while down the road So I was like, this is not the right way. I can't, like, you turn and get back the other way. So I called her dad and... Again, like we were just talking about Indian parent directions or Indian relative directions are not the best, but my dad tried to give me directions and was like, okay, where are you? Okay, this exit's going to come next. Take that exit. After you get off this exit, you should immediately see this sign. Then you're going to take that exit and it should bring you back around the direction you're supposed to go going towards home. So I'm like, okay, I have these directions in my mind. I take the first exit. And I'm looking for this sign that he said to look for. The sign never comes. <laughs> um Where'd you end up when so of- like I kept driving and he was I was like, he told me it's like shortly after taking the first exit, the next exit sign should come. And I was going for a while down this way after the first exit and I'm like, going and going. I'm like in this sketchy part of town now. <laughs> like I am in this You missed the exit. Yeah, I know. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I can't, like, call while I'm driving because I'm driving. And then I don't want to pull over because I'm scared to pull over anywhere because it's so scary. It was sketchy. And I was just like, what do I do? So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to call while I'm driving. The speed on that road was, like, 20 miles per hour. So I was able to, like call her dad, but I kept the phone on speaker in my lap because I didn't <laughs> want to get caught by a police officer. I, I do want to put a disclaimer that like this was when you first started driving, because now you can confidently be like, I'm going to call someone. Da, da, da. Well, but that, back then, it's like, also on a BlackBerry. So you're like, it actually had a keypad. Yeah. But now my car has the like hand... Bluetooth. Drive, handless. Yeah. Hand, what is it called? Handless calling? Uh, but I call him, I ask, I tell him, like... I don't know where I am now. I was looking for that sign. It never came. I don't know where. At this point, I was so scared because I was driving the van, I'm pretty sure, at that point. And I was like, I have no idea where I am. And I didn't want to pull off to the side. But it's like, I can't keep going straight because I. what if I end up in a more scarier part of the, of the area? And my dad's like, okay, we'll find a grocery store parking lot or like a cvs parking lot or something you know like yeah. a store parking lot and uh-huh. go pull over there lock your doors go like hunt down like don't sit up straight and don't make eye contact with anyone and wait for me to get there <laughs> well actually um, i'm pretty sure that was our mom rationally like telling him to no, tell you that he wasn't with her she was at work he was at yeah. our uncle's shop with my car because he was fixed getting it uh... fixed so i had to take the van that day He was like, okay, like, you know, go pull off somewhere. First, he's like, find a spot to pull off. When you get there, call me, tell me where you are, and I'll come get you. And I find this CVS because I'm like, there's nothing here. There was like no stores. And I'm like, I'm not going to keep going. The first thing that came up was CVS. CVS didn't feel that safe either. But I'm like, it's something, right? I don't want to keep going into town. Just park by the camera. So I parked in the parking lot, I locked the doors, I, like, sat. Wait, first off, weren't they already locked? I made sure they were locked. <laughs> okay. Like, I hit the button again. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, like, sat down because I was scared. I was like, no one come near me. And then I called him, told him where I was, and then he left my uh, uncle shop, which he said it's going to take me, like, half an hour to 40 yeah. minutes to get there. So I'm just sitting there, like, <laughs> so scared. And then he finally comes and... How did he find you? How did he know where you were? (laughs) Well, he told me, like, as soon as I went on the exit, how far down the road did I go? 10 minutes? 20 minutes? Like, how far did I go? And so he came and got me. And then we, like, took the cars to another shopping spot, like shopping plaza, because we had to go back to go... Oh, no, he... What happened was he borrowed our uncle's car because we had to go back because my car was still in the shop. So we had to go back and get my car, then come back and get the van, and then went together home. <laughs> so, but what happened was when he came to pick me up, he's like, Oh, there's construction there. They rerouted the exit a different direction. So what I told you is no longer something that was. <laughs> oh, no. So he did tell you right directions, technically. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So I was looking for this sign the entire time, not realizing that. There was it a different exist. sign that would have indicated what he was tell- what exit he was telling me to take. But uh, yeah, new driver. <laughs> no? Yeah, new driver. You're already anxious. You don't re- notice these things that, like, if you were driving now, you'd probably be like, "Oh yeah, that's a reroute sign. I need to look for something else." Yeah, that was my one of my first getting lost stories. I don't think I've ever gotten that lost because I've always had GPS, and I and I'm better at directions. So like, I I don't know. If I'm I don't think I've ever gotten like that lost. I always like before I go anywhere, I studied the Google Maps directions. Like I ne- had need to have an idea of where I'm going. But I've never had that instance because I never had a Blackberry. I started with a phone with GPS. Yeah, I did So it. <laughs> I'm horrible at directions. And Maybe that's just trauma from that situation. I don't know. Just anytime someone gives me direction, they just doesn't go through my head like, actually no you can just tell me directions it just won't go in there it just goes right out <laughs> even when we're walking like you're like you do it i don't know where we're going i'll just yeah. follow you exactly <laughs> when we went to atlanta and we we're trying to get food you're like here you do it i have no idea i follow you yeah i follow I, you <laughs> i helped plan where we're going you can you, get us you get there, us there. <laughs> this is where i want to go you get us there yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> So I'm curious to know, have any of you had any getting lost on the road stories? If you have, share them with us in the comment below or come join us in our Discord group and chat with us there. And if you or anyone you know has any crazy driving stories and would like to come on the show, fill out the interest form on our website at drivewithuspodcast.com. And be sure to stay tuned until the end of this episode because there will be a sneak peek of next week's episode. Thanks for driving with us. And now a sneak peek. I used to drive from Oklahoma City to Dallas and this particular time I had left too late and it was dark, getting darker and darker. I'm by myself and I look and my gas tank is getting a little low. So I thought, okay, the next gas station I see I'll pull off. So I see an exit coming up, and I see a gas station there. Okay, here it is. I I get off and go down the ramp, get to the stop sign. There is no gas station there at all.